Star Wars 7x7 episode 3351. Fallen Jedi is the title of part four of the Ahsoka series and it is just filled with holy exclamatory expletive moments. So yeah, we're gonna talk about it in our seven takeaway breakdown today. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So as with previous episodes, we will do our 7 Takeaway Breakdown, starting with the plot breakdown for point one. And as with previous episodes of the Ahsoka series, this can actually go very quickly. So on the one hand, we have Ahsoka and Sabine facing Shin Hati and Morak. Ahsoka defeats Morak while Sabine and Shin are continuing to face off. Ahsoka goes to the Henge to fight Balin's skull, but Shin bails from that fight to go help Balin, gets to Balin and Ahsoka, Ahsoka takes out Shin, then Sabine shows up, then Balin takes out Ahsoka, and then Balin convinces Sabine to let the map calculations for the hyperspace jump off to Peridia continue and complete. Meanwhile, Hera goes rogue and takes off to go help on Setos with a few X-Wings in tow, including Carson Teva, which is a good fun cameo, but they get there just in time for that giant hyperspace ring to make its maiden voyage away and that's that for that. So now <laughs> let's get to our second point of the breakdown, which just goes on the series of holy heck moments that happen in this episode. First of all, Ahsoka, getting knocked off that cliff and she does not come back anytime during the rest of the festivities which you think like oh my gosh this has to happen at some point she can't die in her own series and we find out that she's in the world between worlds somehow and who should be waiting for her there none other than her old master anakin skywalker and so yeah we've got a lot to unpack about that <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's gonna be our deep dive episode where we really dig into the whole world between worlds thing because the audio description also has some very fascinating stuff to add about it as well. I will say right now though, one of the things that we talked about in the run up to the series when we were looking at the world between worlds episodes of Star Wars Rebels is that I was just saying, I hope that they do not try to use this as a means to you know, time travel or undo events or anything like that because they've kind of raised the possibility of being able to do so. We'll have to see, but I don't think that's the where they're going with this. I think we're actually getting, you know, a shortcut to Peridia, which again, we'll talk about in more detail tomorrow. For a third takeaway, another holy heck moment comes when Balin Skull convinces Sabine to give him the map, but in doing so, he you know takes a moment to meditate and then connects with her about her you know feelings that Ezra Bridger is the only family that she has left, but also in the midst of this drops the reveal that her family died on Mandalore. Sabine Wren's family died on Mandalore because, quote, her master didn't trust her, unquote. Or your master didn't trust you. Like, you get what I'm saying. The point is, is that now we have another crack in the window into what happened between Ahsoka and Sabine that caused them to go their separate ways and to make their reunion hostile. This idea that 
Sabine's family is dead and it has somehow to do with Ahsoka and maybe this is part of Ahsoka walking away from Sabine and then Balin saying to Shin like telling Shin to stop force joking Sabine saying like I'm gonna keep my word to Sabine unlike her master did so somehow he is aware of this betrayal also <laughs> the fact that he's aware of who Anakin Skywalker was this is one of those things that's turning out to be uh, not as closely guarded a secret as we had all initially thought. Very few people are supposed to have known that Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker are one and the same person. I mean, it was basically limited to Emperor Palpatine, Grand Moff Tarkin figuring it out, Grand Admiral Thrawn figuring it out, Ahsoka realizing it in Star Wars Rebels, and now we find out Balin Skull knows as well, unless he's just doing something where he's kind of like mind, you know, projecting into Ahsoka and picking up stuff like this somehow. It's just, this is becoming more of an open secret than a closely guarded secret in Star Wars lore. So call that a 3.5. <laughs> thing about him knowing about Anakin, which was shocking in its own way. Um, for a fourth takeaway, though, I'm going to digress from the shocking stuff and just talk about how there were a lot of foreshadowing elements in this episode for what was going to happen with Sabine actually deciding to go along and help with the map thing rather than making sure that it didn't fall into the wrong hands and potentially enable Thrawn to come back. So, I mean, there was an exchange on the forest floor of Setos, and then there was an exchange with uh, around the table as Sabine was packing her gear, and then there's Hu Yang saying, stay together, like, I think you guys work better that way. And I had to say, I don't know if I was just you know, in the moment enjoying my first watch of it and, you know, just didn't think twice about it. If, you know, maybe that's the reason why, but it didn't seem heavy handed to me necessarily until the second time through when I watched it again, I'm like, oh, they're already planting the seeds for what's going to happen with Sabine helping out Balin Skull in the end. So in that sense, I would say, you know, the narrative for me, at least the first time through, definitely plugged along at a you know faster, more engaging clip. It didn't give me a lot of time to sit and analyze, basically. And they've really packed a lot of lightsaber battle stuff into this series so far, which is very cool. For a fifth takeaway, we'll go to another holy heck moment, which is the hyperspace jump itself. So, you know, I got to thinking about this because in Star Wars Rebels, there is an episode where Hera executes a hyperspace jump through the landing bay of some sort of like Imperial space station thing, but it's open on both sides. So she actually blasts through the space station and it is probably one of the most visually awesome shots in all of Star Wars Rebels. And this one kind of gave me the same feeling basically. And it also had a bit of a twinkle at the end of it that was very similar to the you know, hyperspace shot that Admiral Raddus takes in uh, The Last Jedi. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Vice Admiral Holdo takes with the Raddus, excuse me. That moment where Morgan Elizabeth says, just jump, and you see it coming, and you know the way that worked visually was just so fantastic, I thought. And yeah, it was just oh, it gave me chills when it happened. It was really just like a shocking turn of events. And also, you know, considering that <laughs> the whole ship is just one big ring, like it makes sense that they would figure that they could blow past people. And also, it's you know starfighters, so I don't know. Maybe they just thought it would bounce off, but also seems like kind of a dangerous proposition anyway. And that's saying you know something else worth talking about in depth Balin you know saying like if your calculations are off even by a little we're just going to be lost forever and Morgan Elspeth's just like have faith and that's 
all there is to it. And it's not like they've actually tested this thing, I don't think. So this is like maiden voyage and they, you know, sinking hyperdrives. And uh, well, anyway, yeah, we're suspending a lot of disbelief in this one as a result. But the way that they executed actually has made it pretty easy to suspend, suspend that disbelief so far. For a sixth takeaway, let's talk about Maroc, who we now have a sense of who he might be. So the mist that comes out of him, the vapor that comes out of him after Ahsoka slices him, it looks sort of greenish, but in the auto description it's described as black vapor. So that very strongly suggests that he is, or was, <laughs> I guess in this case, a knight brother, similar to Maul or Savage Oppress. And I don't know about you, but the moment that <laughs> Maroc and Ahsoka faced off and Maroc started those blades spinning like crazy, I thought to myself, yeah, this is about to end. <laughs> That's just something about that. And I think that's how Ahsoka has killed a bunch of these. Like, I don't know what it is about that spinning blade thing, but the moment it starts spinning, I feel like I just see that thing like over with immediately. Um, maybe it was Ahsoka in the Tales of the Jedi thing. Maybe it was Kanan fighting the Grand Inquisitor and destroying that thing. I don't know where I'm carrying stuff in my brain about this. But anytime you see a spinning lightsaber and they start to make that thing really go whoop, 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 yeah, you know that they're <laughs> about to lose. And for a seventh and final takeaway, I'll do something that I've been doing in previous uh, breakdown episodes, just flagging little winks and nods and homages, if you will, to other Star Wars storytelling. And a couple that jumped out at me were with Balin Skull trying to convince Sabine to give him the map and saying, do it, which is an Emperor Palpatine thing from Revenge of the Sith, of course. And it's the only way, which is the Darth Vader thing, telling that to Luke Skywalker before he drops off that gantry in Cloud City and the Empire Strikes Back. And then Hera talking about cutting across the axis of that hyperspace ring reminded me, I believe that's what somebody had said about cutting across the axis in the attack on the Death Star in the original Star Wars, aka A New Hope. Those are the ones that I came across, but if you have others that you want to flag, I would love to hear what those are. If you're checking this out on YouTube, hey, comments are right there, and if you're catching the audio version, then please head over to the blog post for the show's episode at sw7x7.com and drop a comment there. And that is going to do it for our 7 Takeaway breakdown of Fallen Jedi, which is part four, not chapter four. They're calling them parts. Part four of the Ahsoka series, and that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. Thank you for your patience. This one was a little bit delayed due to personal reasons. I appreciate your patience and support, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyrighted by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.